Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Right, welcome in another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down District 3 activities week in, week out in the great state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey. You're getting casual, Brandon, today. I'm just, I'm rocking the Montana Grizzlies hoodie. And uh, here's a fellow guy with Big Sky Pride. It's our Treasure Valley resident and expert, Logan Green. What's up, LG? Brandon, you know, just just rocking my Vandal stuff. Um, you know, I always wear my Vandal stuff, but especially this week after that win over Nevada. Um, you know, I heard from a lot of fans of other colors that Vandals can't compete with, with Mountain West teams. And uh, I, they, you know what? Guess guess who gave up less points than USC to Nevada? So I'm liking I'm liking the Vandals' chances against Cal this weekend. Well, well, we'll see about that. Uh, yeah, I feel like the world is upside down in in Idaho college football, where Boise State is 0-2 with two. Let's be honest, not very competitive games. Idaho is three and 0 or two and 0. Two and 0. Two and 0. Seeking their first three and zero start since the early nineties, I believe, and then Idaho State is zero and two, but played pretty competitively. And Bengals fans are like kind of excited. There's actual like enthusiasm for the program yeah. for a change. Yeah, no, I think there is. Like when I, you know, they they hung in there with San Diego State, uh, and then I know Utah State beat them by fifty, but they put up a lot of points in that game and. You know what? It, it looks good, right? It looks good. And, and you know what? That also helps our local kids, right? That you want to play for a good team. And that if if those two are good, everybody wins in the state, right? Because, you know, people are going to want to play there instead of leaving, which seems to happen a lot, right? Where um, some of the athletes might leave or whatever. Vandals women's soccer is really good. Um, this year and they beat a couple of mountain West teams as well. Like, you know, there, there's, there's good um, stuff going on right now in the big sky. Not that that's what this chat is about, but, uh, but you know what? I think, I, I think the Vandals might have, a, they might have a glimmer of chance against Cal. They're not going to get blown out. So um, last year they hung with their two power five teams that they played um, only lost to Washington state by a score late. So um We'll see what happens. It would be it would be crazy if they started three and zero with wins over Nevada and Cal. So, yeah, it would be uh, not likely, <laughs> but a cool story uh, certainly. And so you mentioned uh, women's soccer at the University of Idaho, and that uh, allows us to pivot into our first topic here today, Logan, which is girls soccer and particularly the five ASIC, which is just chock full of really good teams that continue to just beat up on each other. Last night. We had Rocky Mountain and Hawaii do battle. Uh, it was a scoreless game at halftime, 0-0. And both teams have excellent keepers, especially uh, uh, Bia Levi for Rocky Mountain. She's phenomenal back in goal. Uh, and you thought, okay, this might come down to like a play or two to decide the game. And it did. It came down to a penalty kick, Logan. Vic Pislari, Victoria Pislari for a why he finds the back of the net on the PK in the second half for a one, nothing win for the storm. Uh, the Hawaii uh, athletic team was able to get footage of the PK that won the game. 
and they shared it on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. We're going to share it here. So if you're watching this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you'll be able to, to see what we're talking about. If you're listening audio only at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, uh, I would encourage you to seek out this clip and find it because it's pretty cool. So uh, here it is, Logan. Bottom right, not even a chance. And that was it. I mean, yeah, and and didn't you even you, like try, like it was right on point there in the bottom right. Yeah, and so yeah, you saw Bia Levi, the the Rocky keeper, um, totally thought she was going the opposite way, right, going mm -hmm. to the left, and it wasn't even close to make the play. And so that's a good pre fake out there by uh, by Vic. Uh, so. Way to go, Hawaii! Vic Pislari with the game-winning penalty kick for Hawaii. Storm get yeah. out of there with a one-nothing win. Yeah, and right now, you know, everybody's always chasing Boise, right? That seems to be it, or chasing Rocky Mountain um, in in this sport specifically. Uh, Timberline in that mix too, but but right now, Hawaii four zero and one in conference, seven zero and one overall. Uh, they haven't lost a game this season, and watch out you know they what has Hawaii not been able to find success in in their short history right this is year three um and they're only you know that tie came against eagle um and they'll play boise in one week so that one could be fun uh both teams could come into that one probably undefeated up to that point yeah it's going to be really interesting to see uh how everything transpires where Hawaii's in this stretch of Three tough matches. They they took out Rocky. They will then play Timberline and Boise back to back next Tuesday and Wednesday. Those are the two teams they're looking up at in the standings, Logan. So who knows? Why he with the new coach this year, Madison Brown, uh, doing really nice things. So and it's funny they both play Timberline and Boise. <laughs> so why he plays Timberline on Tuesday and on Thursday, um, Rocky will play them. And then, you know, Wednesday they play Boise, Hawaii does, and then the next Tuesday. So it's uh, kind of funny. They both have back-to-backs against those two teams. So, you know, a tough stretch for Timberline. And, boy, you look at it from their side, right? They've got to go through. There's all the, These four teams are all going to battle each other over the next week and a half, really. And right now, Hawaii has that step up uh, going into this mini-tournament. We'll call it. That's not a real tournament. Now the NBA is doing that. They're going to play like a tournament in the middle of the season. Um, this year, it's kind of weird, but um, yeah, it should be fun to see who comes out of that. You know, that might give us some idea of how things might look at districts and it'll be important for district seating, right? Um, what happens over the next week will uh, bear weight into the rest, you know, continuing on to districts and then the state tournament. Yeah, so Boise is 8-0 in league play. Timberline is 6-0 and 1. The one draw was with uh Centennial. They've had they have two two ties overall this year. I had to find the one that was in conference. They tied Centennial 4 to 4 just to shoot out. Why <laughs> why he is 5 and 0 and 1. Bora is 4 and 2. Eagle is 4 and 2 and 1. Rocky is 3 and 2 and 2. So that top six, really, I think, all capable of beating each other on any given night. That district tournament is going to be wild. <laughs> yeah, and we 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 did some of those games last year, and they were 
competitive the entire way. All all every minute of that game, both ways, it could have gone either way. I think one of them was Boise and Rocky. I think was one. I can't remember the it was Eagle and Eagle and Hawaii. I think was the other one. And um, you know what? We could see those same four right um, in the mix once again, but. We'll see what happens. And again, it comes down to the stretch and these two and, and whoever, what we've seen the last couple of years is whoever wins the district over here has had a great um, run at the state tournament. And I wouldn't expect it to be any other uh, way this year. Yeah, uh, exa- uh, exactly. Uh, let's take a look real quickly at what else is going on in girls soccer at the 4A level. You know, Bishop Kelly continues to excel uh, their only loss came to Hawaii earlier this year, and it was two to one. Otherwise, they're undefeated. They're eight and one. Uh, Valley View kind of quietly putting together a nice season. They got into the coaches poll this week, Logan, our girls soccer coaches poll, which you can find on IdahoSports.com. Uh, Valley View is kind of quietly seven and two. Um, and so they've got a chance here. They lost to Bishop Kelly earlier this year, six to four. So they put they definitely put the ball in the back of the net. The rematch comes next Tuesday, Logan, at BK. What do you think in this rematch? You know, you look at what Bishop Kelly has done all year, right? Let's look at Bishop Kelly's, you know, they lost they they beat Timberline, who we were just talking about, uh, five to three. They lost to Hawaii two to one. So they gave up five goals right there in those two games to top level five ASIC schools. And then they gave up four to Valley View alone. That's their highest, you know, scoring allowing allowment, whatever you want to call it, um, on the year that they gave up four to Valley View, and then since that game they've only given up one goal, all the whole time, and so I, you know, if I'm Valley View, I say, you know what, we really, we're good, like you know, and I think that they have every right to say that that you know what everything's looking good for us right now because we put up four, like you said, they found the back of the net, they gave up six, but they put up four. Um, and you know, Bishop Kelly puts up a lot of goals, seven against Skyview, nine against Caldwell, five against Centennial, nine against Ridgeview, five on Columbia. So they're going to score that, that that's, what's going to happen. Right. Um, but can you keep up with them And Valley view did in one game, they didn't keep up enough, but they put up more than anybody else had. So, uh, you know, if anybody's got a chance, Valley view, look out, they they'll play on Tuesday. So about a, you know, what is today? Thursday. Yeah. Is it okay? So less than a week away for that one, and I don't know. What, I don't know what you think, Brandon, but I think they got a chance at it, at least to to put some goals in the back of the net again. Yeah. Well, I think Valley View's got a great warm up to Bishop Kelly. They'll play Eagle in a non conference match actually tonight, Logan, September fourteenth, and that'll be that'll be a good warm up to what Bishop Kelly might pose to them. Three A. It is a collision course. Fruitland. And Homedale, we talked about Homedale didn't even have a program like four years ago, and now here they are competing and being one of the best teams in the state. They play tonight, Logan. They play September 14th in Fruitland. Uh, these two have been on a collision course all season long. Homedale's only loss came to the Grand Oregon. Uh, otherwise, they are 3-0 and and 1, and I guess they tied the uh, Grand. Actually, that's that's Fruitland who lost to Legrand. That's their only loss of the year. And Homedale, their only setback came, as we said, in a tie. So they're three and zero and one. They tied Emmett earlier this year. So, yeah, and they've taken care of business against other conference opponents. They beat a five A school at Nampa, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And then that ties against Emmett again, a three A school. Man, uh, Homedale coming in strong and. Uh, 
you know, they didn't, like you said, didn't have a team, but another school that just is successful in everything, right? And going, and if you can beat Fruitland, I think you say, okay, we've arrived because that's a team that, you know, they won it all last year, right? And, and Fruitland, and, and they score a ton of goals. And watch out for the Grizzlies, uh, if you or watch out for the Trojans, if they can take out Fruitland. Um, I think that will wake up some people. You know, maybe they say, Right now, oh, you know, things are slow, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? If you beat Fruitland, that's no joke. And I think even if you're competitive, lose by a goal or even tie, I think Comedale is here. Yeah, and for Fruitland, you know, they did lose quite a bit to graduation, but there are still some remnants of that program that uh, was competing for state championships not that long ago. Um, you know, players like Faith Newman, who saw a lot of playing time as a freshman last year, uh, Sophia Gibb, Riley George. I mean, so they've got Fruitland's not chopped liver either. <laughs> they're they're right. pretty good still. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you look at comparable, they both have beat Nampa and they both have beat McCall Donnelly. So, um, and they both similar, you know, one beat one by more and the other beat the other by more. So I think, you know, it, it's going to be a good, even matchup when those two play. Yeah, um, and, and and it'll be interesting to see. Of course, Abby Rubido is not walking through that door for Fruitland. She was That's such a uh, prolific... going to put up four goals, averaging four a game. You know, you don't have that in your back pocket, but yeah. they've still been able to score the ball well. Yeah, so that'll be really fun. We'll have to talk about Fruitland Homedale soccer on the girls' side on next week's prepcast, as they will play tonight. As we're recording this on September fourteenth, Thursday. All right, let's talk about. Cross country, Logan. We were uh, at Freeman Park in Idaho Falls last week to broadcast uh, the annual Tiger Grizz cross country meet co-hosted by Skyline and Idaho Falls High Schools. We had some Treasure Valley teams come over. We had Centennial and Hawaii was there. Parma came over. Nampa Christian. Yeah. Uh, but of course, the big story with cross country always is Rocky Mountain. And uh, no, no surprise, Rocky Mountain came over, won the boys uh elite team title so just doing what rocky does cody lucas won the seeded race as well he came in with a time that was better than the course record at freeman park his his first race of the year was outstanding he didn't he didn't set a new record because it was a really hot day and freeman park can be a tough place to navigate um but he still won still turned in an impressive performance yeah this park is got hills all over the place up and down you run alongside the river um you, you zig and you zag you go through the trees and so it's definitely a, a tough course but i'll say this brandon and this is something i didn't know i i did not run cross country um and it it's probably the toughest sport it, it's one of the toughest sports i know people might say oh you're just going out for a run um but multiple times there are people that cross that i mean not and i won't say it is more than not people come across that line and they look like they have just you know been <laughs> gotten out of a traumatic experience you know gone through a horrifying haunted house where they had to sprint the whole time or something like i mean kids collapsing kids just coming across the line and and losing their lunch right and we we saw one that was just in tears not even halfway, you know, about halfway through the race. And, and they come across and it's, it's, it is, they gave it their all. And they just worked so hard for that short window of time. And it, it's very impressive. And so to be able to be good at cross country, like Rocky Mountain is, 
um, that takes a lot of work um, to be able to do that and to win races in the style that they do it. It wasn't, it wasn't particularly close in that seated race. And the next guy behind it was Corbin Johnson from North Fremont. And he's a fast dude, you know, he's not a slouch either. He's won multiple state championships to a level. And he was right there in the mix. Uh, you know, he was, I don't know. Do you remember 30 seconds behind something like that? And yeah, uh, that's tough to do and to have as many people as, as you can finish that high up um, in a race is, imp- is impressed that you've got enough people. It's, it's easy to have one or two kids that can run a, a long way, but to have six, seven, eight that can all finish very high. Um, because I'm telling you, I mean, there was kids that would, we saw it that would just come across the line and look kind of at everybody and just fall down or just, just stumble. And, and you know, there's people there, come on, you got to get up, you got to get up. And uh, like I said, no, we're not exaggerating. We say, crying people coming across the line crying and uh, just I'm, I'm very impressed with cross-country athletes in general from what we've seen the last couple of years yeah it was a really great time uh the annual tiger grizz uh invite rocky mountain did exceptionally well and congrats to all the athletes out there who pushed themselves and uh you know yeah. uh at the one at the 1a level ezra hubbard from rockland won the uh, B division race, which is basically the small schools, 3A, 2A, 1A. Um, and uh, Marlo Herford wrote a great recap of Tiger Grace for us on IdahoSports.com. And the, and the story there is, of course, 1A cross country has been dominated by Ian Stockett from Victory Charter for the last several seasons. Well, he's now graduated. So Ezra Hubbard's going, all right, here's my chance. I'm going to you know, be contending yeah. for the 1A championship. Well, here comes Ian's little brother, Luke Stockett. And so... You know, you talk to people and they seem to think it's it's heading to the showdown between Ezra Hubbard of Rockland and and the younger uh, Stockett from Victory Charter. And can Ezra Hubbard finally, you know, vanquish the Stockett family from Victory Charter? Right. And it would have been fun if he had come over for that race. Then we could have gotten a, a yeah. little taste. But I guess we'll just have to wait, wait for state and see how that goes. Yeah, it should be it should be interesting uh, for sure. All right, let's uh, wrap up with football talk today, Logan. Uh, we have to talk about something that didn't even happen on the on the field of play, and I I don't like talking about it. This will be the last first and last time we talk about this. But two weeks ago, Ridgeview was supposed to play Pocatello in football. Uh, their bus got stuck in traffic because of a, a bad uh, fatality accident uh, on the interstate right around Twin Falls, something like that. Uh, Ridgeview gets to Pocatello around 930, realizes their bus driver doesn't have enough hours um, if they play the game. So they turn around and go back home. Pocatello had hard feelings. I think Ridgeview ultimately had hard feelings. Um, We covered this pretty extensively on our East Idaho prep cast, and I kind of laid it out for both sides, Ridgeview and Pocatello. I think both schools think they're in the right, and and both schools – it's probably – this is like not a black and white issue, right? There's no. areas of gray. Ridgeview can feel like they did everything correctly, and Pocatello can feel like they did everything correctly, and everybody can still feel unsatisfied. That's yeah, that's a fact of life. But but long story short, Pocatello yesterday officially wrote a letter of apology to Ridgeview High School. This was all based off an interview that Pocatello football coach Dave Spillett did on Saturday after the cancellation with the local TV station down there in Pocatello. So, yeah, and like you said, I think both it's hard to see it from the other 
you can say, oh, I see it from your point of view, but it's really hard to like actually feel the emotions on the other side. It's easy to see what's going on and, and, and have a rational conversation about it, but to have the emotions on it is really tough. And so, you know, they can be civil about it. Like they, you know, Pocatello reaching out and apologizing, but it probably all it stems from, you know, you don't know everything, right? Pocatello wants to play a game, right? That that's what's their mind, right? Their mind is I want to play a football game. I'll do anything I can to make this football game happen. And Ridgeview's thinking we just spent forever on a bus and you know it it is a long time you know i don't i've made many cross-country drives and after 9 10 11 hours in a car there is nothing i want to do more than not play a football you know i nobody wants to do that i can't imagine i all i want to do is get out and go to bed that's what i want to do i don't i don't even want to sit and watch tv at that point i want to get out and, and just be done with my day and so i can imagine it's it's tough it is it is just tough and like you said, I don't think anybody was necessarily wrong and nobody's necessarily right in the argument. I say the air quotes are, I don't think, you know, um, they both just, it was a tough situation and they were just on the fly trying to navigate it. And I don't have a yes or no right or wrong answer on it. I think just tough situation that, that had to be dealt with. And somebody wasn't going to be happy with what somebody else said, no matter what. Yeah, uh, this the timing of it seems weird to me. I mean, if Pocatello was really, you know, sorry about what happened, you would have thought the apology would have come sooner than, you know, 10 days later. This seems to me seems like, I don't know. You see sometimes where people make statements or put, put out press releases and it's because somebody higher up told them to do it. I don't know. That's <laughs> I yeah. The timing seems weird to me. Like if it was truly, sincerely, hey, we're sorry. Uh, I, I would think you would have reached out sooner. So, and, and my, my thought is maybe that it's, again, it's, it's emotion. Like maybe they, because I act like this sometimes, like I might not come out and say, Hey, I'm sorry for what I said, but I try to, you know, I look what I did. I, you know, they tried very hard, at least from what we've heard to make up for it. Right. To, Okay. You're late. We'll pay for the bus. We'll come over there. We'll meet you somewhere. And I think maybe it's possible. I know that somehow, sometimes how I am, right? If I try to fix it, maybe I say, this is me. I would just assume that they know that I'm sorry about the situation and that me offering to try and fix it is my olive branch, right? To, to offering, I know this is tough. Let me try to fix it. But when it comes to what was said, yeah, it's, 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 um, Maybe they were just assuming that they, um, you know, look what we did. We we felt bad for the situation, and but maybe this is more of an apology for the conversation that occurred um, afterwards. So, yeah, I okay. saw Laclama saying something about it on Twitter X, whatever, as well. Um, just just kind of he posted it and talked about it a little bit and saying that that it was that the comments were misrepresented or something to that effect and that they wanted to clarify that. So does it matter what was going to happen in that game? Probably not. Um, we all probably know how it was going to go, but Pocatello is probably thinking long-term, right? Is how do how does my, you know, unfortunately you got to think of it from both sides. And I think that that's, that's always a tough situation in any unfortunate event, right? Is, 
okay, that happened, but how this is going to affect things going forward, right? They don't have a game now on their schedule for that week. Could it have improved their seeding come state tournament time? You know, there are effects that are going to have ripples. And this is what I think about um, talking about football in East Idaho, right? With, with Rigby and Bonneville, um, they had a game canceled. And have you confirmed, did that one finish final seven to zero? Is that what they're putting it in as? Yeah, um, that was that was the score when the game was called. Okay. So, so, long story short, I'm I'm sure you guys talked about it on another one, Rigby and and Bonneville. There was a, a traumatic injury during a game um, with a leg, and they just the other Bonneville didn't want to continue playing, and so they 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 stop it at seven zero. You know, there's a lot that goes into that. A lot of you know unfortunate things, but man, you know, it, you look at it and say. Because of what we've done with Max Preps, that that will have now it's only a seven point victory for Rigby. I know nobody wants that, sounds rude of me to look past what happened, but it is it's a true thing that it, you know, this is something that maybe is not considered. And we talked about this, Brandon, on our um, summer thing that maybe there needs to be some element added into state tournament selection, human element, right? And this could affect Rigby, right? Where they all of a sudden only have a seven point victory over a team that doesn't finish very high. And that could end up if, if they don't finish with an automatic bid to state where a five ASIC team gets a bid instead. Um, it's because it, there, there will be ripple effects and there will be ripple effects going forward for Ridgeview and Pocatello. It, it will happen just because of what we have done with our state tournaments that, for better or for worse, that's something that that will happen anytime a game is canceled or adjusted or ended early. There will be ripple effects going forward. Yeah, I will say on Rigby, Rigby should just worry about winning. Winning. <laughs> they, they yeah. Well, that's that this year. But well, that's yeah. what I, I mean. That's what I mean, yeah. right? They're they're not the Rigby of all Rigby of the past four years. Clearly, they played some really good teams, but they're not the same as they were. And uh, if they're fighting for a spot you know, maybe that algorithm that we have no idea how it's truly calculated um, dings them for that, right? When maybe it says, oh, look, um, Bora, you had better results. We're going to take you instead. So, um, I mean, that kind of leads over to how much, I'll just end with that, that everything has ripple effects. It's unfortunate situation, everything. We're not taking any side on anything, um, but, Pocatello is probably going to win that game and convincingly, if we're honest. So, yeah, um, might not have mattered too much, but it is too bad all the way around. So, yes. Um, and, and there was, I think that was a point of contention. Also, Pocatello wanted it to go as a forfeit loss by Canyon Ridge, which officially would go down as 15 nothing. That's the maximum um, that the max preps algorithm takes into account for margin of victory. So, anytime a team forfeits, it's a 15 to nothing win um so pocatello wanted that and for a brief time uh sunday morning monday morning whatever it, it was on max preps as a forfeit that clearly got changed and reggie said no way we're forfeiting this um so i think that was another point of contention it officially yeah. just goes down as a no contest so anyways let's look ahead to what's happening this week logan we've got three treasure valley games for you here on idahosports.com Two at the eight-man level and one at the 5A level. We've got Nampa traveling to CUNA. This is an interesting, you know, CUNA's 0-2 in their division, but they've played two really tough teams. Yeah, and they're, a te- you know, they, they've won, obviously, their first two, and then and they've fallen two here. But I think 
you know, they beat they beat Centennial. I guess they beat Skyview, who's a different. But uh, Eagle and Bora, and I think that speaks more to Bora being really good, um, probably better than people thought. I think that was the game that maybe opened some eyes on Bora. But the the whole league is a a mess, um, and it's a good mess. It's not a, a bad mess. It is a you can get that circular right. They beat them. They beat them. They beat them. You can go almost all the way around. It is it is a wild mess, and it's good for the Treasure Valley. It's good for District Three that it's like that because I think you're going to see some of those automatic bids or you know those at large bids. They're going to come from here. I, I think they are at the end of the day. Um, sorry, other districts, but you know because of how competitive it's been at the top and what they've been able to do outside of conference and beating pretty much anybody they played away right outside of the conference so far. Um, it's looked really good. Obviously we're going to get a taste of that when Meridian plays Highland. I think that will be a huge one. Um, that's in a couple of weeks. We'll get to that when it, when it comes, but um, yeah, uh, that CUNA Nampa game, Nampa is looking to get a win. I mean, they went to state last year, you know, they're not going to stay down forever and this could be a make or break game for CUNA. If CUNA can win it and get back on the right track, maybe they can make their run like they did last year. And they've got Mountain View and Owyhee and Boise after that. Those are three. You don't think of Boise as traditionally being a tough game, but it is now. Um, <laughs> the whole thing's a mess because even with Owyhee, right? Owyhee beats Mountain View this week. And Mountain View, uh, you know, Owyhee lost to Boise the week. But again, yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, there's a lot to be sorted out here over the next few weeks as everybody plays each other for sure. And then two eight-man games this week. We've got Notice hosting Grace on Friday in a non-conference 1A D1 battle, 6 o'clock kickoff. Uh, and then we also have Council at the 1A D2 level hosting Kamii, a team that's licking its wounds a little bit after getting yeah. uh, roughed up pretty good by Logos last week up north. So two non-conference eight-man football games from the two teams that uh, have owned their respective leagues the past several seasons, Notice and Council. Yeah. I think this is good for Notice, right? So we saw them go up and play Clearwater, and they took care of business there. Um, but this is a conversation we've had multiple times, right, is that when is District 3 and 1AD1 going to get a win in the playoffs? Um, they get there, and then they traditionally uh, take their loss and go home, right, in the first round. It, it, it hasn't been successful lately. And so for notice, right, playing a team like Grace, Grace went to the state championship last year. You're going to get a chance against a very good team to either show that you're competitive, beat them, or, you know, say, okay, we got a lot of work on before um, before state comes around. Because right now it's looking like notice is the clear-cut um, favorite in that conference once again. Um, they... They look really good, as they always do. Um, so this will give us a better – we saw what they can do against a team from up north. Let's see what they can do against a team from eastern Idaho. And it's good. You can learn from it, right? You can make adjustments. You can work on what you need to work on um, so that when state comes and you're going to play a team from District 4, 5, or 6 um, in the tournament, and, and you know what? You know kind of what you need to work on to be ready for that. Yeah, and Grace did make the 1AD1 championship game last year, so this is a big measuring stick for notice. The rest of that conference is running on fumes right now. Wilder had to call their game at halftime last week because of too many injuries. Uh, the Greenleaf Friends, Centennial Baptist, 
Gem State Co-op has kind of dissolved. They didn't have enough players. They are trying to uh, appeal to the IHSAA to allow the players from that team that still want to play to join Wilder. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but but Greenleaf Friends is no more this year, it sounds like. Uh, so that it's a league in general that's really yeah. running on fumes here. Idaho City has struggled, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I just want everybody to get through the season. Yeah, I would hope that they would allow that to happen because that – Let's be honest here. Who's going to win that league? It's going to be notice. Wilder is not going to make the playoffs, no matter. Well, where they, they might. They, Get the league gets two bids. That, okay, okay, that's true. <laughs> um, but it, they're, they're not going to. I think you should let it happen because I just don't. What's better for the kids, right? I think that either you don't get to play football at all or you get to go join somebody else. I think that that's the right. Personally, in my opinion, um, because it's not going to bear weight on what happens at this. I'll say that it's not going to bear weight what happens at the state tournament. Um, it's just not. Um, it's not going to affect what happens, and it's going to help four different schools out that have football that want it to happen. Because if Wilder is having injury problems, just let those kids go and play with Wilder and at least have one team. You know, yeah. like that's the, I politically uh rule book red tape wise maybe i'm totally wrong here but i think the human emotion the human factor of me and anybody else would say would you rather those kids not be playing a sport or let them get together and let them play in one team that might win a spot to state potentially but it's probably not going to win a game at the state tournament right yep so we'll so, see what happens yeah there but i agree with you more opportunities for more kids let's let's go get it there's been there's more than just wins and losses in life sometimes so yeah uh, yeah for sure all right well that'll do it for this edition of the treasure valley prep cast uh enjoy the competitions this weekend everybody and enjoy the three games we've got for you on idahosports.com cuna and nampa notice and grace council and cami i should be three really good ones uh for logan green i'm brandon bainey and we'll see you next time on idaho sports